Hi, welcome to episode 59 of Invest in You. Hi, guys. Uh, on the podcast is Charlie Sandwell, which is me and my dad. All right. So this. Here, here, what, what are you called? Uh, my name is Frederick Sandwell. Because I didn't know that. All right, great. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Robert Kiyosaki's book called Fake. Right. I think it's a very ironic title. So to call yourself fa- fake, so it means that everyone googling your name plus fake, they might find the book or they might find find something else. So the full title of the book, uh, which I have read, is called Fake, Fake Money, Fake Teachers, Fake Assets, How Lies Are Making, blah, blah, blah. All right. So the whole idea of this podcast is to give you a glimpse into if, if it's worthwhile to listen to the book or read it or not. Yeah. Uh, we will, without giving away the whole truth um, from the book, we will dive into some of the key ideas. Yeah. Uh, this is not plagiarism, this is a review. So I will also ask Charlie many questions about key themes from the book and uh, you will just respond what do you think about it. Yeah, so basically, Dad, I think you pre-ordered the book uh, to yep. listen to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have not listened to it, but this morning I've just been like skim listening to the most important part. Exactly. So it's done the introduction, uh, the first part of every chapter, and also a big chunk of the action summary. Yes. So while you did that quick introduction, uh, did you find anything being repeated? Well, I mean, it was, I got a bit, uh, it was like this gold part. He was talking about his gold, I remember. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not too sure, actually, because it's a bit weird when you hear something being repeated again. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Exactly. So m- many of the chapters actually feels like you have heard before and, and yeah. a number of times. I, I, I thought I, I, I actually thought you had uh, skipped back. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It was the exact same thing. Yeah. So again, uh, Robert is a bit uh, repetitive, so they might have been able to do yeah. some more proofreading and, and work through this book. Should we go into the reviews? Uh, yeah. So... We will share some of the reviews from uh, from Amazon, uh, and uh, the book ca- became public in March. That means that this is all a fresh book, and the audio book has just been available the last yes. four days when we're recording this. Yep, so there are 27 reviews on this Amazon, uh, and it is but, four stars. And that's in, that's in the UK. Yep. Yeah, uh, and most of them, uh, some of them are uh, really positive, some of them are... Uh, like two star, uh, quite a few of them are one star. So people think, a lot of people think that it's fluff uh, and uh, some people think it's an awesome book. Uh, a lot of people think that it's a bit repetitive, but it's still worth reading. I think that summarizes it quite good also. Yeah. So if you've been following uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the story over the last number of years, many of these things will actually be known to you. Uh, and also if you read media and you've got the brain which is switched on, many of these things would really make sense. For many people who have not read anything of this kind, this book will be an eye-opener. Yes. So it, it opens the eyes so you can see into what is, in theory, more of an asset, uh, what is more of a liability. So the, the three key themes he talks about. So again, it's given away in the title on the front page. So he talks about fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. He also speaks a bit about, of course, uh, 
Well, we talk about fake news, Charlie. What springs to mind? Uh, news that is fake, basically. Right. News that maybe uh, doesn't isn't correct. That uh, just gives them more money to uh, work with, basically. Yeah. And and also the owners of any kind of media company is obviously also very keen to influence and push their agenda. Yeah. So many really wealthy people have actually bought media companies to be able to control media to a higher extent. Did yeah. you know that, Charlie? No, I didn't. Does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Both to make more money and to push their ideas, maybe also to make money, all yeah. for personal reasons. So if you're in America listening to this, you might notice that some of the news channels are really pro your your political party, or they might be really against. And uh, at the time of the recording again, there's just been a lot of media attention around Donald Trump in America again, uh, where he has basically dis- dismissed a ma- major report just been published as fake. And that's a bit harsh. They've yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, so starting with uh, money, Charlie. Uh, what kind of money does he refer to? And, and does it make sense? Do you know that? I'm not quite it, sure. He so maybe he, means uh, this... Uh, he talks about gold and silver quite yeah, a lot. God's money, he says. And exactly. what he means by that is things that actually have real value. The, the For example, dollar or pound bills, they are not... They don't have any real value, they just, uh, yeah. they, they're they, meant to ha- have a different kind of value. Yeah, so they, they, they're very, very much yeah, small small paper pieces, mean, yeah. which means I owe you. Yeah, if currency was uh, not a thing, then they would be worth very little to nothing. Yeah, and uh, of course, in the, the time of cryptocurrency, we've made a couple of episodes about cryptocurrency both here and on the junior mba channel previously uh he talks about not necessarily one of them as the best but the actual technology as the people's money uh mm. why is that different you've got the banks on one side and the people on the other side do you do you see the link there surely and and maybe even the government the governments try to control the banks yeah but all of a sudden, there's a new currency which comes from the people, which the government can't control. Yeah, and that is cryptocurrency, I guess. Yes, exactly. Uh, so that that's uh, another interesting angle. And of course, he talks about uh, the whole aspect of... When you talk about cryptocurrency, very often you use the term fiat uh, money. And fiat money is ultimately the, the usual paper money that we're used to talk about. All right, so if that is now like the fake money aspect of things. Uh, Charlie here is swinging his whole head, so I don't. I would think his head might actually roll off his body as we're recording this. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just stretching my neck. You're stretching, okay. Uh, what else can we say about fake money? Can you make fake money? Uh, yes, you can, and it is def... Well, he said something about it being better for the rich and worse for the poor. Yep. I didn't quite understand that. Right, so many aspects of better for the rich. Uh, that's more linked to assets. We, we'll come back to that in, in, in a moment. But in the end of the day, if you've got surplus cash, then you can stash away money, real money, for, for the worst time. So yep. one interesting aspect of money is obviously if there is a run for the banks where people like to withdraw their money, uh, this is obviously not part of, of Kiyosaki's book, but less than 1%, of the actual money is 
even printed. What does that mean? If a big part of the population in any country would like to withdraw their cash, it's not even possible because the money doesn't exist. It's just digital money. Yeah. Uh, we saw an example of this a couple of years ago where people ran to the banks in Greece. Another example is when people ran for the banks in Cyprus. And in Cyprus, they literally just took a part of the population's money. Yeah. And, and just skimmed it off, off the top of what, what was in the accounts. Uh, and, of, and often you get this information letter from your bank, which informs you that you've got some kind of government guarantee. Uh, in Sweden, you've got one limit. In the UK, you've got another one. It's usually around give or take uh, 70,000 um, euros or uh, around 80,000 uh, US dollars, roughly which is protected by the government. Again, this is just theory again. So if the bank goes bankrupt, you can still have your amount of money from the bank, assuming that it does not exceed this amount. Yes. All right. Uh, what doesn't happen if one bank has bought another bank, so it's like a whole group of banks? Mm, I'm not too sure. Well, we will see if it ever comes to that. All right, so we have covered fake money in, in some aspect. And the next one is really interesting because surely you are still in school. Yeah. It's called fake teachers. Uh, let's dive into school. So uh, have you got some teachers which are really good? Yeah. Have you got some which are not so great? Yes. All right. Uh, can you elaborate? What's the difference between a great teacher and not so great mm, teacher? A good teacher and a great teacher, they are people who can actually teach you that they're good at what they do. They are good at communicating with uh, the people that they're teaching. Yep. And then something else. But those two are the most important yeah. parts. Yeah. They, they need to know what they talk about as well, which yeah. leads on to my next thing. Uh, I'd like to first hear, what's an example of a, of a poor teacher? Is that just, just the opposite? Uh, I would say yes. Okay. <laughs> right, I'll make it easy for you. Right, so for me, a teacher who doesn't or uh, she doesn't understand what they're talking about that yeah that is a no and no. doesn't communicate with uh, people they're teaching yeah exactly so at universities many of the people there the people teaching you haven't been to universities so much yet charles you don't know this many of them are more keen to do their research maybe than teaching and uh, not everyone teaching at universities wants to do it and what do you think is a consequence of you do something that you don't enjoy uh you don't enjoy it well the exactly the, well, the, the output the the performance yeah, it's is, not is, as good is, is poor of course all right yeah all right uh other things so real people in the real world i like to have a teacher ideally who knows what they're talking about so at university the, the, the teachers i really liked the most were the people who had a connection to reality. So we had one teacher, he used to be a partner with uh, PWC, a prize, uh, Woodrow Cooper, uh, his name was David Petfer. I really liked him because he came from the reality. He was teaching yeah. strategy, but not from a book point of view. He was out there still working. From experience. Yeah, with experience, li still living that life in reality. Yeah. Uh, another example, 
Malcolm is, he was one reason why I even picked my MBA. He was really good at marketing as a practitioner doing the doing, not only just from a teaching point of view. And obviously it's the other way around. If you've been to school, then you went to university and then you did your uh, doctorate and then you started to teach. That means that you might be teaching at university and you have zero days of ordinary work outside in the real world. There's another thing here which is not in the book at all, which is fake politicians. It's the same thing there. Career politicians who got no clue what's going on in reality. Or other politicians who might not have any education at all which is something I really don't like. All right, so in terms of fake teachers, uh, another important aspect that Robert Kiyosaki does not like at all is the whole student debt situation. Yes. I had no idea, but just to quote one number from his book, he says that 1.2 trillion US dollars is the student debt. And according to the book, he claims that that is one of the biggest income-generating assets in the United States of America. So if that means that people are seriously in debt from a very young age, they pay for that debt throughout their whole career, and that money was not real money, it was just printed debt in the first place. That means basically it's like an extra tax yeah. for life. And uh, if you go bankrupt and you've got a tax bill, usually that can be written off, but your student loan will never be written off until you die. All right, interesting one. So fake teachers working with them can actually cause you to have a liability for life, which could be your student loan debt. Hmm. And therefore, if you do study, do you study something that would actually benefit you to get a better job? Exactly higher pay job and uh, yeah or you just follow your your uh, love and interest which means that you might spend one three five years at university and ultimately you don't get any tangible skills to use in real life that's a bit tough yeah all right so that's fake teachers and we're still talking about the book fake by robert kiyosaki let's jump into fake assets when we play the board game, what does it say about what is your home? Is that an asset? Uh, to some people. To some people. To most people, I would absolutely say, yes, it is. Yeah. But to some other people, will an asset put money in your pocket or not? No. All right. So will your home usually put money in your pocket? No. That's correct in most cases. So we have spoken about Airbnb on a previous uh, podcast. Why you can have, start to have an income from your house, from your home, from your flat. And uh, that means you might actually have an income from your home. And we have also spoken about doing like small conferences in the house where we are today. Yeah, that means we can start to use, instead of renting a hotel space, we can start to use this whole house as an income generating machine. And that will turn things around from being just pure liability costing us money into actually making money. And you can also rent it out. Yeah. All right, so what is a real asset? What is a fake asset? That is, of course, a key thing for, for Robert Kiyosaki. He's been talking about this for many, many years, since my very first book I read from him, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
and he refers to one of of the the genuine fake assets is one of the bank's assets, which will very much be seen as a real asset by most people. So if I say uh, a derivative, so if you take you got an orange and you squeeze it and you take the 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 derivative the the very strongest concentrate from the orange yeah that is a, an example of a derivative so you take something from something and and you and you use just a fraction of it so yeah an example of a derivative is for example you can buy uh, one ton of corn yeah to make lots of popcorn do you like popcorn yeah yeah or you can actually buy good investments buy a piece of paper that says that you have got the right to buy a ton of corn for your popcorn one year from now at a certain price. That means that this piece of paper now represents one ton of corn. Yeah. Which is a bit strange. Um, those are ways I made my first money on the stock market trading. Uh, towards the end, I was working with more advanced uh, paper assets, including uh, derivatives. And one of them was... I bought something for one Swedish crown and uh, the the change on the stock market was times two or times ten, sometimes even more. It means that if the stock market went up 10%, sorry, uh, well, correction, stock market went up 1% on that very day. Yeah. Uh, that means that my money went up 10%. How did that work? The change of 1% times 10 is what this piece of paper said. Which meant that ultimately, assuming that the stock market went down 10% in a day, which is in theory possible, what will happen to my money? Disappear. It will basically be times 100 and minus, which means I will lose all of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people uh, get stuck with paper assets, which is now worth a lot less than they bought it. So actually they need to pay to get rid of this paper asset. Yeah. You did not only lose that one hundred uh, pounds. You you might be in five hundred pounds minus. Yeah. And uh, the stock market wants you to trade, which means they give you extra money. So you can have leverage. So you might have a portfolio of a hundred thousand, which means you might now be able to trade for two hundred thousand. Which means you can trade for more money than you have, and using the derivatives means you can in a nice way, go into a half million pounds minus in a, in just a few keystrokes, or if you're unlucky. Mm. So yeah, you can see how paper assets can be tricky. Mm. And the amount of paper assets is multiple times the real assets in the world. So the, the fake assets, which are still traded and used by the banks, is worth a lot more than the real assets, and absolutely a lot more than the real cash. Which is a stretch. Okay. Uh, in the UK, we call uh, property for property, right? And uh, in the US and most parts of the world, we talk about real estate. One reason why I like real estate. There's one word in that real estate. What's the word I like in, in this combination? Real estate? I like the word real. So it means that... A, for me, uh, land and property is more of a real asset than, for example, real uh, paper assets. Are you with my thinking, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I'm stupid? 
No, I think I'm stupid. <laughs> no, you can say that I'm stupid. Right, so in this case, uh, again, th- this whole podcast, like most of the podcasts, are not scripted. So that's why we have more interesting flow of things happening. All right. The real estate is an example of a real asset. Uh, paper assets, arguably, are fake assets, but they are still real assets as well, if you see it that way. Uh, all right, so that's fake assets. Let's leave that one and uh, move into uh, a side tangent in the book, which is fake information. And he also talks about return of information, ROI, as sometimes can be referred to as return on investment. He talks about return of information. Uh, He doesn't talk about return on knowledge or return of experiences, but it's very much along the same line. All right, so we'll just share a couple of more examples of the, the horror horror uh, reviews from, from Amazon. Let's see if you can find a one star somewhere here. Um, so Charlie, what does it say here? From T. T. Wilson, he says. One star, very surprised this version released. Repetition and lack of professional editing results in a very frustrating read. There are concepts and themes uh, that are book worthy, but this was a very weak effort. Give, given the author's prior success, I'm very surprised he signed off this book. Yeah, and uh, there's another thing we haven't mentioned here, which is fake authors. Um, the reason why I mentioned that, I'm not saying Robert Kiyosaki is a fake author at all. What I'm saying is I am currently working on three different book titles and many more in my head. So I've got Trust is New Currency, which I've been co-authoring. I got another one which is linked to investment tactics, and the last one which is with you, Charlie. Yeah. Are you a fake author, Charlie? Maybe I don't. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm trying no. to share good yeah, information. Jokes aside, so when when you're writing a book, you can write it yourself. You can have someone to ghost write it for you. You can have someone to help you. You can also have researchers. You can also have a peer review. There are many ways how you can get help to write a book, and I strongly believe that. All of us have got at least one book inside us, whether we've written it or not. So in this case, uh, the truth is in the eye of the beholder. So this uh, T. Wilson thought this was very much uh, a sad story. Let's do another one, a five story. It's from Taylor Parks, uh, again from Amazon. Kiyosaki is the real deal. Uh, This may be the most important book of the coming decade because it illustrates how monetary policies and the past have influenced and changing landscape of money and business today. In an era of information overload and fake news, it is difficult to know who to trust. The only thing we can count on is the value of financial education and the ability to think critically. Uh, When we begin to question the social and economic norms, we were brought to believe we find that we can't beat the system by ignoring it or blaming others but by knowing the rules of the game we can play to win that was quite confusing Uh, i found that uh, very good it was a good one uh, because it it highlights a number of things and i'd like to stress a couple of words there it is the, the value of financial education and also the ability to think critically so you can imagine charlie sitting next to me uh, he's 13 years old. Most people will have no idea about what we're discussing here and in this book uh, until very late in their life, maybe never. So mm-hmm. if if you don't think critically uh, about the political system, the government, 
the banks, maybe even about the actual money in your wallet or absence thereof, then you are setting yourself up for, for failure in my view because you are played by the system and you will just be forced to work without any reflection. Um, while there are other ways how you can find new ways or old ways to make money in more creative ways that can substantiate and change your life forever. And as part of that is financial education. Any book, good or bad, can help you. Uh, I would personally recommend to read this book. Uh, it's quite long, uh, but it will give you perspectives. And as long as you don't expect to have lots of tangible, actionable advice, then that is a good book. But if you want to the real like skills aspect of things, then uh, in my point of view, this is not the right book for you. All right. Uh, let's see if I've taken any other notes here, which I would like to share with the world. Uh, one aspect which has been mentioned in this book and many, many other books before is when the US dollar was taken off the gold standard by President Nixon in 1971. That means that we used to have the same also in Sweden where we had actual real gold and silver to back the money. And the same second where we now let go of that peg, the link between actual gold and the money means the paper becomes just paper, which is one reason why we had quantitative easing. Which will remind me that we should do a special episode on quantitative easing and also... Um, companies buying back their own shares with a case study of yeah. General Electrics uh, because yeah okay that's a, a conversation for another time uh, one more comment what could that be du, 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 du. yeah choose your teachers wisely yeah what does that mean you have to come back to this podcast obviously Sean is 30 years old he's yeah. teaching you all the gold dust Exactly. And you don't want to miss Dorsey barking in the background either. And now and then I might say something useful as well. Yeah. Now and then. Now and then. <laughs> uh, and uh, we hope to welcome some cool guests. We have got uh, one of uh, the guys behind Grand Cardone's success in America. The guy who's been doing all his videos for the last seven, eight years uh, while he did his ramp up virtually being non-existent to be one of the top influencers on YouTube and multiple other social media platforms. Would you like to hear what he learned from that journey? We think you do. So you have to come back and listen in again. This has been episode number 59. Of Investing You. The podcast. Yes. And uh, if you um, enjoyed it, then please give us a five-star review. Because we like five-star reviews and we'll enjoy reading it another time. Yeah, and uh, if you also like to be updated, we strongly suggest you subscribe, which means you just got a tiny alert, a nudge on your shoulder that there's more stuff from the London office or the Swedish office, from the Swedish house mafia. Yeah. No, we're not Swedish house mafia. We are Swedish, we work with houses, but we're not part of the mafia, and we're not making music yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, sorry. Bye-bye. Bye. From the stupid Swedes tuning out. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.